Hello, everyone, and hello, Miles. What's up, Jason? So, Miles, uh, today What's up, Jason? <laughs> we're talking about the heart of coffee. You know what the heart of coffee is, right? Yeah, it's like the bean part. You're exactly right. It's the bean Thank inside you. the cherry, the seed of the cherry, which is the coffee bean. And uh, what makes the coffee taste like coffee and why some are better than others. These are questions that people ask all the time. I think on a daily basis, <laughs> I get stopped on the street. Hey, why does my coffee taste like this? Does that happen to you? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? I just shrug. <laughs> no, I. Uh, when people do ask me, I, I say, well, it's just the origin and, and uh, how it's grown and the elevation. And well, you got to make something up, but it has to be different every time. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's, <true>. key. <laughs> That's right. But today we have someone who actually knows what he's talking about. His name is Nolan Pearson. He works at Unity Sourcing and Roasting. He is the relationship guru. He is the guy behind telling the story of Unity to the world. He knows a lot of stuff, too. And yes, he knows his coffee. And so we're excited to have him on the show. And he's going to talk to us about why coffee tastes like it does. And their motto is they have a fresh approach to coffee. He's going to tell us what that means. And they're also on a mission to save coffee from going extinct. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? That, now it sounds like you're making stuff up. Well, Jason. maybe a little. <laughs> Going it, extinct. It sounds huh? more impressive that way. Well, we have to put it on the endangered species list. <laughs> All right. Maybe not extinct, but maybe he's, they're working to make sure that we have coffee in the future. How's that? That sounds a little more realistic. <laughs> well, I just want to put the fear of God in everybody so they listen to the show. <laughs> coffee will only be in zoos in the future. It will not be in the wild. No, but Nolan is great. Uh, he's here with us and we're going to talk to him and uh, we're going to see if he can answer the question, isn't coffee just coffee? Because, you know, people think, well, I get my coffee from here. I get my coffee from here. What's the difference? He's going to be able to tell us the difference. I bet you he has the answer for that. Better than us, huh? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> so, Miles, let's get going on this. Uh, we're chatting with Nolan Pearson. We're taking another crack at our crazy shift. And we're talking about our week, our kids, and of course, coffee on this edition of Coffee Cafe. <laughs> Welcome. We are two coffee-addicted dads that get together for some great coffee and conversation. We bring you the best of coffee. We take you to the greatest shops, introduce you to the remarkable people in the world of coffee on both sides of the counter, and tell you about all the incredible coffees you've got to try. It's an inside look at everything coffee and what makes it so amazing. So, Miles, uh, Jason. we have a lot of questions about coffee beans. Uh, uh, and, you know, it's I think uh, people always ask, you know, really, what is the difference? You, they go to the store, they see these thousands of bags of uh, coffee beans on the shelf, uh, kind of like the wines. You get to the wines and it's that long stare. You always see the people in the, in the wine aisle. <laughs> They're just looking at the wines going, what should I get? Well, you know the secret there. Well, what's the secret? You look for the ones where people have taken a bunch, so uh, there's nothing in the front. Oh, my gosh. And then that's an indicator <laughs> that someone smarter than you has been there and tried to take <laughs> as many of that bottle as they could. <laughs> well, I had never thought of that. Yeah, totally. But but I wonder if that would work for coffee. That's an interesting idea. I should go. I should investigate that. Now, although you get the, the places where they're constantly bringing everything to the front of the, the aisle or yeah, you got to pick your times right. Yeah. Usually at the grocery store, though, that strategy can work sometimes. <laughs> you look for the openings and then, right. then you 
stick your head back there, look in that little wine tunnel and see if there's one hiding back there. I like that idea. All right, there's your tip of the day. Usually they're on sale too. <laughs> so we're really lucky to have all these choices. And, and there's so many things to understand about the different choices that you have because there's so many varieties. There's the the way it's uh, processed. Yeah, how do you pick one? Yeah. So we get some advice today. That's on right. How we should pick. Right. So to find out how we're going to save coffee in the world, Miles, and how to get all this great information, where you've got Nolan Pearson on the show from Unity Sourcing and Roasting. They're in LA and New York-based roaster with big world ideas and practices to make coffee more amazing in more ways than one. And Nolan is the head of sales and relationships and cuteness, I hear. I'm not I sure. I do a bit of cuteness. He is the one of the members of their amazing roasting team that makes the magic happen. And so welcome to the show, Nolan. Thank you very much for having me on the long sip. The long sip. <laughs> Wait a second. We're rebranding our yeah. show. Miles and I we talked about it all there. I should get uh, with the lawyers well, about this. Yes. We'll get some audio. You're happy. You can be a guest whenever you want. I like sip. the idea. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> as a matter of fact, you let me know how it goes and I'll be I'll just be your tech guy. I'll be the guy running around with a, the podcast. We on for an interview too. Oh, yeah. really? Uh, you're not great as a tech guy. <laughs> I hear you run out of, uh, of memory story. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. what I've also heard the same thing. (laughs) Well, uh, thanks for being on the show, Nolan. We appreciate it. uh, Before we get into this interview, we have a lot of things to talk about, and I'm really excited about talking about it. We like to torture our guests right out of the gate, and we do this thing called the caffeinated five. And what this is, is five quick answer questions and something you don't have to think too deep about, Mm -hmm. you know, off the cuff there, uh, where the audience gets a chance to know a little bit more about uh, unity. And uh, we get to have a little fun. Okay. Does that sound something like you want to participate in? Hit me with it. All right. Fantastic. Start the clock, Miles. Started. (laughs) Is there a timer? No. no. (laughs) I don't know. But it sounds good, right? (laughs) All right. Number one. What is your most popular coffee? See, starting with an easy one. Oh, it's got to be the Katura Natural. The Katura Natural. All right. That's a good answer. All right. How did you come up with the name Unity Coffee? Uh, Unity is the brainchild of Adam, Tyler, and Sean. Uh, Those are the three founders out of Brooklyn. How they came up with it was three long months of deliberation. uh, (laughs) Wow. uh, Yes. Three (laughs) arduous months of deliberation on what the ethic of the company was, and they ended up with Unity being the unifier between consumer, producer, roaster, Wholesale operations manager, cafe owner, all right. everything in between. No, that's a that's lovely. And that's they fought about it for three months, and it <laughs> tore their relationship apart. Yeah, not physically, not physically. <laughs> uh, bad. I think you should intellectually <laughs> a battle of wits. All right, number three. If the coffee world doesn't work harder, does the coffee lovers of the world stand to lose coffee forever? Yes, absolutely. All right. This is a dying industry. If we don't take care of our producers and we don't take care of the people on the ground that are making this phenomenal product, it will go away. I mean, climate change alone is going to wreck most of Central and South America. Ethiopia, Kenya, parts of Uganda are going to follow. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. If the industry doesn't work harder, it's over at some point. I'm yeah. not sure I like that answer, but okay. <laughs> Thank you. You'll for be dead by the time uh, that happens. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> On your website, you sell the blendies, the freshies, and the funkies, Mm -hmm. I noticed. Uh, What's the difference between those three? Uh, The blendies are going to be a mixture of coffees, so uh, roasting two or three separate coffees, putting them together in one bag, usually for really good uh, solid espresso shots, lots of mouthfeel on those. The freshies are going to be some of the more clean washed offerings, stuff that's a little crisper, um, some floral notes on there, some chocolatey notes on there, some nutty notes on there. The funkies are going to be your natural processed coffees, your hydro honey coffees. Those are the stuff that a little more unctuous, a little more freaky, mm. vibrant, um, 
a lot more lively in the cup. All sure. right. Got well, it. that sounds delicious. All right. Now, uh, question number five. Uh, why should people buy a bag of Unity? Uh, it's a direct trade coffee roasting operation that puts you, the consumer, in direct contact with the producer. Oh, direct contact. So all of our bags feature the name of our producer as well as the farm that they were produced at or the region that they were produced in okay. and a description of how Unity came to find that coffee and how it was brought to you. So not only do you get to enjoy a good cup of coffee, but you can actually understand more about the person that produced that coffee at origin. All right. Oh, that's that's a great answer. Uh, all right. I'm going to give you a bonus question. Love that. Uh, where can people buy a bag of Unity coffee? You can always buy a bag online um, through our online portal. Uh, we stock at most of the cafes that we partner with. Um, we have retail bags on offer. Um, yeah. And then you can buy online through the online portal. Um, you can also find us at the Handy Market in Burbank, California. Oh, we know that. <laughs> <That's fun. laughs> uh, if you're in New York, you can find us at, I think, every food co-op in Brooklyn, as well as now stocking Unity Coffee. So, and, but so if you're anywhere else in the world, online. Online would be the way to do it. And get your orders in before Monday, 2 p.m. <laughs> Pacific time. All right, write that down. Monday, Monday 2 p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> I'm in the LA don't. Coffee yeah. Club, and I think, what, two, three weeks ago, I got a, like a, the the cylinder of Unity Coffee. Oh, yeah, you got the, the, yeah, yeah, the, the new canisters from the LA Coffee Club. Oh, what, yeah, was that, how like, is that different? Is it just comes in a canister versus a bag? Yeah, we created a 100% biodegradable canister that's printed with a whole bunch of beautiful clouds on it. And the idea was that if we had very special joints, very, very releases we would put them in the canisters so people knew look this is something really to behold here so oh. we've partnered with la coffee club we've also worked with a uh, cognoscenti coffee mm -hmm. um, um san julian in downtown we work with syndicate and ambrose which are cafes in pasadena and sierra madre and anytime that we have a coffee that we think is really a rare story we'll put it in the canister and, and that way we can kind of put it on a shelf and say look that is an amazing producer that person has kicked out some freaking amazing coffee. This is great. So you're really all about supporting the farms and, and the people who bring the coffee to us. Yes, absolutely. That's We're dedicated to direct trade relationships with our importers or exporters and then finally the producer. Great work on the Caffeinated Five, uh, Nolan. Uh, I mean, outstanding. Uh, probably one of the best, Miles. I don't know. Would you say, was it a tight <laughs> five? Was it a tight Caffeinated Five? I would say, I mean, other than the questions asking, but yeah, yeah. I think you did fantastic. And the bonus, <laughs> six yeah. out of five, oh, wow. extra credit. <laughs> wow. That feels good. <laughs> so Nolan, uh, Unity Coffee, uh, New York and LA roaster. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're small but mighty. I would, I would say, say so. right? Uh, and 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 what I think is fascinating, and, and so you kind of touched on it a little bit, is on your website you say you have a fresh approach to coffee. Mm -hmm. A lot of roasters and things that we see all these great little marketing ploys and catchy phrases and stuff. What really does that mean? A fresh approach to coffee. I think it has to do with our green buying practices. Uh, the founder of the company, Adam Strauss, uh, visits directly with almost every single farm that we source from and then put up on our menu. And yeah. our menu changes every single month. So month to month, uh, coffees come in and out of the roastery, sometimes at as little as 40 pounds for an entire lot. Oh. And so when we say fresh, we mean it's literally fresh. The second it arrives in Los Angeles, it's in the roastery. We burn through it as quickly as we can, and then it's out the door and onto the next project. No so. kidding. So it's, it's really that fresh. And, and, and you guys just don't uh, order it. You go to the farm too, isn't, isn't that how you work? Yeah, we will spend about four, maybe five sourcing trips a year. Um, and that way we can hit Guatemala, Colombia, El Salvador, Mexico, as well as Ethiopia. Uh, we can source from Uganda. And on those sourcing trips, we are making sure to not just visit um, the larger importing hubs. So we'll go there and we'll cup coffees with people, but then we'll go visit every producer that we intend to buy from to make sure that 
at the farm level, everyone is being taken care of in terms of housing, in terms of pay, everything's on the books. And then also we can see the health of the product that they're putting out. Mm -hmm. And by establishing these relationships year after year, now we can just go directly to the farmer and say, hey, send us some samples. What have you got going on? What are you excited about? Uh, what are you proud of this year? What what lot came in the best? That's the one we'd like to buy. And then we pay, we pay a higher premium to every producer we work with too. So people are getting paid a living wage when they're partnering with Unity. And when you set up that relationship with the farmers, is it something where you have the relationship and then it's a sort of year by year thing that they'll send you product or do you go and do you have to make a, do you make a trip every year to, to see what they're doing? Yeah. I mean, we, we do, sense? we do bring on partners year after year. Our menu continues to grow. Um, and that is through the work of really, really great importers that we work with. So companies that, uh, We'll kind of go up to bat for other producers and say, hey, look, these coffees are coming out of El Salvador. I think you need to take a look at them. Then we fly down to El Salvador. We get to visit. Uh, we do some cupping competitions. We get to see the producers. And then we'll go to auction as well. And so all the producers are present at the auction. Okay. We'll bid on a whole bunch of micro lots, whatever we can get our grubby little hands on. We will pay <laughs> a very high premium to that producer and um, and also be able to sit with them and talk with them and see if the next harvest we can get our hands on some of the, more of their delicious coffee. So oh, okay. you really don't have a a set menu, so to speak. You just kind of go for what's going to be best. Yeah. Best is one way to look at it. Sustainable is another way to look at it. Overall, a quality of relationship is what I'm most interested in. So if we year after year buy from a producer and they are continuing to improve the quality of their coffee, that's the happiest that we could ever be. We're not interested in jumping ship and buying another coffee from somebody 600 miles away from them that might score better on a cupping table. We'd like to invest directly in the farmer and say, hey, look, Unity's got your back. You produce high quality coffee. We'll take it from you. We'll pay you a high premium. And we're going to make sure that we continue this relationship harvest after harvest. So how is Unity different in that aspect mm -hmm. from other roasters? I mean, it seems like a lot of roasters will go to the farm, will pick out the, the, the lot that they're after or whatever, uh, and then they come back and roast it. That seems very uh, normal for a roaster. Mm -hmm. not, not all of them, but a lot of them do it. Mm -hmm. How is Unity different? And why should the people that are listening to this care? It's mm -hmm. coffee. <laughs> it is coffee. You said it in an exasperated way. I say it very calmly like, it's it coffee, <laughs> people. It's good. Uh, the tagline for the company is vibrant coffees from producers we love. Vibrant coffee. Vibrant coffees. From producers we love. I love that. That's great. That's, That's a lot. So why should you care about Unity Coffee? Because we don't put up coffees unless we think they're phenomenal. We don't put up coffees unless they are banging in your mouth, super juicy, crazy slammable, drinkable, great coffees. So you can trust our branding to bring you that kind of product. All On right. top of that, the producers we love is not only do we put up a great coffee, here's the person that made it. Here's the person that's responsible. Unity at very best is just a vessel for great coffee. We bring great coffee and we roast it to the best of our abilities and we bring it to you. So why do we do things a little bit differently? We buy lots of different coffees because not every coffee drinker is the same. My dad likes the serious black blend because it's really roasty and nutty and on that deep chocolatey side. But 
a lot of my friends prefer to drink some of our nat- natural Ethiopian coffees, which are kind of citric and weird and in your forehead and like clementine. Wait, wait, wait. I like notes. that feeling in the yeah. forehead. <laughs> you like that feeling. Not everybody does. And so when we say cerebral. vibrant. <laughs> yeah, it's a cerebral yeah. coffee. There you go. When we say vibrant coffees from producers we love, it's that it all has this umbrella of unity sourcing and roasting, but it's a myriad of different flavors on our menu. And you can trust that every coffee you buy from us, the producer is getting paid the appropriate premium. So people are getting taken care of on the ground level in that sense. In the countries that you visit or maybe that you're thinking of visiting, are there certain ones where you see a lot of movement that in a positive direction or, you know, where's the, where's it kind of exciting right now Mm. in the world for coffee, for farmers that are, you know, coming about? I'm always excited about uh, what's going down in Colombia, especially with a certain farm I really love called La Palma y El Tucan. They are both their own coffee producer mill and lab, and then they will actually Mm buy coffee cherries from neighboring farms and process them at their facility. They are next level when it comes to a totally biodynamic coffee farm that is also experimenting in anaerobic fermentation, lactic fermentation. They're doing crossbreeding of varietals. I mean, Jeez. really uh, like heavy, <laughs> yeah. heavy science. That sounds crazy. It's awesome. And, you know, whenever we are lucky enough to get our hands on some of their coffee, it goes out the door pretty quickly because our wholesale partners in L.A. just love what La Palma El Tucan kicks out. It's really, mm. really phenomenal stuff. So speaking of Colombia, that's mm. you've, you've brewed some coffee for us today. Yes. Uh, and, and, and we're drinking, it's from Colombia, right? It's actually from Guatemala. Oh, from Guatemala? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's from Guatemala. Speaking of Guatemala. <laughs> just edit that in. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of Guatemala. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so speaking of Guatemala, mm. thanks. <laughs> this coffee is delicious. It's delicious Guatemalan coffee <laughs> that you brewed for us today. Tell us about this. This literally came from your batch from yesterday that yes. you worked on. Uh, and I know you like to air it out a little bit before you uh, uh, brew it, but you did it and it's delicious. Thank you. It seems chocolatey to me. Uh, but tell us a little bit about this and uh, why you guys chose this bean. Mm. So this is a coffee called Punta del Cerro. Uh, it comes from a producer named Aurelio Viatoro. And it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, the Viatoro family is relatively legendary in Huehuetenango, Guatemala for the coffees that they produce. We've been buying Juan Viatoro's coffee for over four years now. That's uh, Finca El Milagro and Juan Viatoro's coffee. And about a month and a half ago, we got an email from Juan saying that he was in Los Angeles visiting his brother-in-law and he wondered if he could come to the roastery and meet us. And so we said, thumbs up, let's do it. Uh, I got to meet Juan. I hung out with him. We ended up roasting some of his coffee alongside him. So we roasted the coffee for him, put it on the cupping table. We got to taste his coffees with him, which was a really unique experience. And he was talking about how his son uh, had also been producing coffee as well as his brothers produce a lot of coffee. Family so, operation. Family operation. Separate farms in every way, but yeah. a family operation. That's cool. Via Toros across the board. So we brought in a couple bags of this Punta del Cerro, which is Aurelio Via Toros coffee. And we've been roasting it and pairing it with his brother's coffee in a thing we're calling Via Toros Brothers Blend. So it yeah, is- They're creative. Right? The VBB. <laughs> <laughs> the Viatoro Brothers blend. Yeah, all right. Uh, and so uh, it's 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 the passion of our, our coffee story, really. It's not only maximizing the work that we can do with Juan, but then looking at his family members that are also kicking out really high-quality coffees and putting them all together and giving people the story of, yes, it is the same family that grew this coffee, but the Punta del Cerro has a distinct taste versus the El Milagro or uh, Milton's coffee, the El Mezcal. So across the board... There's nuance in what all of these producers do with their coffee, and we wanted to be able to offer that to our 
clients and to our wholesale partners and to customers and everything else. Well, it's delicious. It's absolutely fantastic. And, and, and what is your favorite part of this specific coffee that we're drinking? Little this Palmer. coffee has that super clean milk dud finish that I think milk I, dud. I, I didn't just, get the milk dud out of it. I, I feel, <laughs> how so long has it been since you had a milk dud, Miles? <laughs> Halloween was like two weeks oh, ago. Yeah. Right, That's yeah, true. Yeah, right. I forgot about that. Daily. Yeah. Like a couple hours now. It's milk dud finish. When I say milk dud finish, I mean like over a year ago, I was cupping coffees. Um, we were cupping a whole bunch of washed Guatemalan coffees and some washed Colombian coffees. Uh -huh. And across the board, as I finished my sip, I would smack like the roof of my mouth and yeah. I would just taste a milk dud across all the coffees. And so it became this hallmark of like really solid have washed you, coffees. Have you had that checked by a doctor? Yeah. Well, I smell bacon coffee. Um, uh, no, I, uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, we get, we get really weird with our cupping notes. I recently claimed that one of our coffees tasted like a peach Bellini. So that ended up on, <laughs> One of our labels. <laughs> okay. I put, you guys uh, have yeah. a cupping class or cupping, uh, is it a class or it's just a, a gathering for people that want to come in and learn how to do it? Right? Um, so unfortunately we don't have anything standardized right now, oh, okay. um, but uh, absolutely cupping by request is not a problem. If you want to send an email off and say, hey, I'd love yeah. to try some of your coffees, you let us know and we'll figure out a way to set it up. Uh, around the holidays, I think we're going to be doing some more public cuppings just so that people can come and taste coffees and then buy them for their friends and family. Okay. As of right now, we cup at the roastery we probably do like six or seven coffees um every roast day we'll put them up just for quality control and making sure that we're liking the roast okay, and everything cool. else like that. and in terms of like you know interest the public interest and just the you know trends and preferences mm -hmm. you guys have a big presence in new york mm -hmm. I, as well as here do you what's the difference between what you see out there versus what you see here in terms of what people are looking for and uh mm. what they're into is, is it a lot different? I, I don't even think you can say LA or New York. I think you have to go neighborhood by neighborhood is that right? in any, in any city really. Uh, well, yeah. let's, let's talk about that. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners ask us, you know, there's so many coffees out there, so many options out there. I go to the store and I see a thousand bags and some of them are, they look the same and this and that. What is the difference between the, the different roasters? And let's say if the roaster is given the same bean, two different roasters are given the same bean, what is the difference? Is it mm. really different that so much that I should pick one over the other? Mm, I mm. like it. Oh, I like right. the yeah. question. Thank you. Uh, I've been working hard at it at home. <laughs> it took me about you, an hour to yeah. decide Oof. and I finally got it out. Uh, so we used to have a conversation about roast. That's what everyone wanted to talk about. Is it a light roast, a medium roast, is it a dark roast? Okay. We used to talk about that. Oh, you don't talk about it anymore? I don't talk about it the same All way. All right, all right, this is great. All right, keep going. <laughs> um, I like to talk about origin and process. Those are the two elements of a coffee when I'm selecting it. Origin and, and process. Yes, all process right. being uh, how was the coffee milled. That would be natural, washed process. You could also have a honey process, lactic process, lots of other crazy things to go down that way. Right. But for the most part, it's going to be a wash process or a natural process. So outside of those two processes, washed is taking the cherry, pulping it, taking all that mucilage away, and then uh, after the ferment, letting it dry. Okay. That's a washed coffee. Those coffees are consistently clean, zippy, bright, and and relatively smooth all the way through. Okay. So if you like smooth, washed coffee. Sure. 
All right. <laughs> trying to simplify it. Yeah. Um, natural processed coffee is you're taking that coffee cherry off of your plant and you're letting it either dry in the sun or you're drying it in a, a large metal tin that's rotating with a lot of heat on it. You're breaking down the coffee fruit and packing a lot of sugars and a lot of weird flavors into your bean. At the end of it, you've basically rotted away a coffee cherry and you're left with your bean in parchment. Those coffees can be fruited. They can be kind of wild. They can be fermenty. They can be earthy, a myriad of different flavors. Less predictable or? Not necessarily less no? predictable okay. because when you get to the roasting phase and then your barista is actually dialing in the coffee, you've okay. got a good idea of what it's going to taste like. Got it. But certainly, I mean, year after year, the same producer can be kicking out a natural processed coffee and we'll see very different notes coming out of it. All okay. right. Harvest by harvest. So those are, so washed and natural. All right. Two things to think about. And then origin. Where is the coffee coming from? All right. And and and, and when you go to the store, you mm. can see from all over the world, which mm. is a great thing to have. We're very fortunate. And a lot of people don't realize how fortunate we are to have these kind of options. Mm -hmm. But what is the difference if I get a coffee from Colombia mm -hmm. versus a coffee from Guatemala or a coffee from wherever else, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, you have to find what you like. You do. All right. <laughs> got to put some work in, yeah. Jason. Oh, well, I'm happy to Sorry. do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. You got to find what you like. That's why I encourage people um, more so when instead of shopping at the grocery store, shop at your local coffee shop. Go in and taste the product. Say, hey, can I, can I just get a little taste of that drip? Oh, this is really nice. Which bean is this? Oh, it's okay, great. I'll grab this one. You know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> support your local grocery store, absolutely, for all your produce needs. But if you... <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to buy a bottle of wine, you'd go into the shop and you'd talk to the person behind the counter and say, well, I like Chardonnays, but not too oaky. And That's you know, true. Yeah. Talk to someone who knows their stuff. That's a talk great to a barista. idea. Yeah. You know, same great thing. I, I, It's craft beer, craft wine, craft coffee. I enjoy all three of those things very much. And you should take a similar approach when you're making your purchases. Talk to the person behind the counter that has the answers and they can steer you in the right direction. Any barista worth their salt is going to be able to work with you and your palate and say, okay, you're going to want to stay away from this. But this thing over here, this might really be up your alley. I think it's interesting you mentioned using the baristas as a resource. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, when we first started a, the podcast, the whole idea was like steering people toward the local shops mm -hmm. and like trying out new stuff. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and you know, steering away from, from some of the chains or at least being able to start tasting the difference between what's offered there and what's offered some of the smaller shops. And, but, you know, using the going and having a conversation, meeting the, the barista and asking them for advice on, you know, hey, this is what I like. This is what you should try, I think is a. Is a good idea. Yeah, I mean they're they're there because it's their passion. Yeah, you know, I, nobody stays in third wave coffee for the paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> you, you work behind <laughs> the bar because you're really happy serving people, and you like helping people find coffees that they really enjoy. I would say, if anything bounce around to a couple different shops, buy mm -hmm. a bag from each, try them out at home and then decide which one you really love. And then you can go visit that shop once a week for your daily coffee or your weekly coffee pickup, you know? So let's talk about one thing that you also uh, conclude in your fresh uh, approach to coffee. Mm. And it's a word that gets thrown around a lot. Big chains use it. Small local pop mom and pop shops use it. Uh, but a lot of people don't know what it means is the word sustainability. Mm. Now, to, to summarize what I think it means is that if we don't do something soon, we're going to lose coffee forever. <laughs> I guess that's really the, I mean, maybe that's the- Not uh, just coffee, Jason. No. 
it's a little bit bigger than that. Well, actually. Let's, but so the Earth will be in flames, well, but you'll still have your cup of coffee. It'll we'll yeah. be fun. But what we have to always remember is this: coffee is a fruit, mm-hmm. and uh, if we don't uh, manage that properly, we could stand to lose that fruit forever. And my gosh, I don't know what we would do. I guess we'd find something different, but that sure would be a, a world I don't want to live in. <laughs> be a lot more monster energy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So let's talk about uh, sustainability mm-hmm. and how uh, a unity approaches that. Mm-hmm. So one element of sustainability that maybe your average consumer doesn't understand is that we have a thing called C market prices. That's your coffee market. All right. And it fluctuates all the time what the value of coffee is. And then within the C market, we have grades of coffee, grade A, grade double A. We have different point systems that we assign to the quality of coffee. Right. I'm going to speak just for the United States. The United States, as a third wave roasting atmosphere, we said to all these producers over a decade ago, we said, grow better coffee. You need to be growing better coffee because we want to serve better coffee. They listened. They ripped up old plants. They put in new varietals. They hired on more people, more pickers. They went to different mills. They milled at higher rates and they put an immense amount of work into a high quality product. And then we all kind of threw our hands up and went, wow, I don't know if we can all afford that much. And oh. so, oh, so they invested all this time and energy and money. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we said, eh, yeah, we, maybe we were wrong. We didn't say, <laughs> we didn't say that as in we, everybody, but the market right. said, well, you know, we were used to buying at C market value. I and see. We kind of like paying. So C we want value. better. So in great American style, we want better coffee, but we don't want to pay for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to go on record and say that. <laughs> well, you are, but go ahead. Shoot. Yeah, yeah, I am on record. No, it's a problem. It's a problem that we have in the industry. We we encourage producers to produce incredibly high quality coffee, and then we didn't exactly put our money where our mouth is when it came to supporting them. Mm. And so sustainability, one, is the economic sustainability of it. These farmers, are, it's, their, it's their life. Just and as much as it's, it's my it's life like, as a roaster, exactly. your life as a coffee shop If they shop don't owner. make the cash, they can't yeah. afford to do it. And exactly. then, then, well, yeah, of course. That's so, a big problem. So sustainability in terms of the coffee market, it has to come in direct trade relationships that protect the producer, not the importer or the exporter. The middleman is always going to be necessary because somebody has to mill the coffee, put it on shipping containers, bring it to various ports, move it around on trucks. That has to happen. Sure. But along the way, it changes hands so many times that unfortunately, who really loses out is always the producer. So we need to be dedicated to making sure the people putting in the hardest work in all of this, and I mean this in these blood, sweat, and tears element of hardest work are being taken care of. So that's one element of sustainability. The other element is it's just climate change, man. Like it's bad. It's bad and it's getting worse. Drought is not good for coffee. High heat is not good for coffee. Fires aren't good for coffee. Deforestation Mm -hmm. isn't good for coffee either. Across the board, it's not good for coffee. So if you can make the decisions at the ground level as a barista, as a consumer in the home to be more environmentally conscious about your day to day, you're putting in a little bit of your time to the piece of the pie that is protecting this very, very delicate supply chain that we currently have. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, a lot of people don't realize how delicate it is. Oh yeah. And then on top of that, it's the overarching issue of how much energy it takes to move coffee around. I mean, it takes an immense amount of energy just to get coffee picked 
off of the, the plant and then brought down to a mill to be processed. Yeah, most of that yeah. people don't know. It's all hand-picked, right? So it's it's hand-picked coffee and then it's loaded onto um, usually some kind of mule for transport, whether it's a donkey or some other livestock, right? And then we've got that traversing down massive inclines and then by the time it finally gets to a mill, it's processed by a whole bunch of people that work at a mill. Then it sits in massive jute bags, 70 kilo bags, which is pretty industry standard. It's about 155 pounds of green coffee that it sits in a bag and it needs to make its way onto a shipping container that then needs to travel somewhere in the world. Usually it's to San Francisco or New Jersey. And if you think about the immense amount of energy it takes to bring a shipping container full of coffee from Guatemala, which on land from Guatemala to a coast and then onto a, onto a ship up to San Francisco, then it goes onto either a train or a... <laughs> of truck and then that'll come down to East Bay Logistics in Compton and yeah. then I'll go down in my Volvo which needs 19 <laughs> miles to a gallon and put it in the back of my trunk and then I'll roast it. So from donkey to Volvo. Yes. Donkey, D to V, donkey to Volvo. That's the supply chain. Wow. <laughs> it's bonkers. Yeah. It's bonkers the kind of environmental impact we have. So uh, really the approach that you guys are taking it seems logical to me because you love it so much you want to make sure that it, it's amazing all the way from the farm to the cup and, and you do it in a responsible way. I love that the fact that you named it Unity. It makes perfect sense now. Uh, that that you, All those things combined makes a great cup of coffee. I mean, I've, I've been in the industry for like six years now, which is a drop in the bucket compared to a lot of my peers that I respect so very, very much. Yeah. And having been on the Unity team for a year and a half now, my eyes have been opened to a world of coffee that I had no idea existed. And it is an absolute blessing to be a part of this team. And then to know that, I mean, three months from now, I'll be in Guatemala shaking hands with Juan Viatoro and looking at his hillsides and going like, all right, this is what it's all about. It's about bringing this producer's coffee and this producer's story to my wholesale partners, to my direct consumer market to everybody that I train with and everybody that I work alongside, I get to bring this coffee and this producer's story to them. And that I think is the unity umbrella. That's what it's all about for us. That's beautiful. And what's next for you guys? You know, you have your, you have the trip and mm-hmm. uh, in a few months, but, but uh, big picture for, for unity. Yeah. Um, I don't know dir- like specific numbers on this, but between <laughs> this time last year and now, yeah, I think we're up. About 175% across the board. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of growth. And with growth comes pains and also great joys. And so we joke about it right now, but we've been saying around the roastery 2020, we're going to get ourselves a cafe. We might as well just do it. So, oh, breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. You're going to have to edit this out. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I that's what I want. I want a unity brick and mortar. I want a place that I can welcome my friends and family into and say, this is where you can come and drink our coffee, have some food, hang out, learn more about what we're doing. That's fantastic. And we'll have you back on the show. uh, And maybe we'll get your whole entire crew on the show. When you guys do that, we'll go to the shop and do a podcast there. If this is the fire that I need under me to open up a cafe, this just just so we can do the podcast, <laughs> I guess right. I'll dedicate now a little. Gonna I'll, fine, I'll open up a coffee we shop. You wouldn't, believe, we yeah. wouldn't believe how much has started just from that. Yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> Mushroom cloud of... 
energy. Uh, well, Nolan, uh, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Such a pleasure. And and it's a it's a it's a great story. And I think I I just want to encourage everybody that's listening to just try it. Try a bag of Unity. When I first tried it, uh, or a cylinder, or, or a cylinder, cylinder. <laughs> it was it really was special. Uh, it tastes. It's a beautiful coffee. You guys do great work, and I know it's doing great work because you're in places that uh, that are very particular about carrying coffee, and they carry Unity and maybe another roaster. And uh, so you're doing everything right. And I and we as from as coffee lovers, we thank you. <laughs> we thank you. Oh, yeah. isn't that yeah. sweet? <laughs> well, thanks again, Nolan, for uh, being on the show. We really yeah. appreciate your time, and yeah, uh, we look forward it. to hearing more about Unity soon. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. So, Miles, that was fun. Uh, Nolan's a great guy. That was great. Didn't yeah. he say he was in radio? So, yeah, he's he, clearly better at it than either of us. Yeah, that's for sure. He's very comfortable on the mic. Uh, but it was great to have him on the show. I think I've learned a lot. I think I, I feel uh, more at ease knowing that the coffee will be around in the future if they, if companies like him, roasters like them, uh, can uh, uh, help us preserve and do things the right way. I'm glad you have a lot of faith in humanity, Jason. Oh, thanks, Miles. I, I try to stay positive as if much as I can. If humans have proved anything, it's that we can always be counted on to do what's right. Yes. As a group. That's true. Yes. And, and, and <laughs> it sure is true. <laughs> I don't think you believe that 100%. Well, at least we know that unity is doing the right thing. Well, and that's the thing. You need, I mean, the coffee is so good. Yes. And it's the sustainable way to do it. Right. And that's the combination that's going to have to work for us. It's going to have to. I mean, if we want coffee in the future, uh, there's no way that uh, uh, we can continue uh, the demand that is growing on a daily basis uh, and not change the way uh, coffee is traded and grown. And so, yeah, it's, and, and of course, the environment. S small little uh, detail Sounds the like environment. <laughs> and the Iraq. <laughs> Sounds like a Miss South Carolina answer. <laughs> and the environment and the Iraq Thanks, and the things that, you know. Oh, no. Well, I don't mean to throw away the environment, obviously. <laughs> but it's just so it's, it's just so important. <laughs> Thanks. With the environment. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Miles so anyhow uh, thanks again for Nolan being on the show but Miles we have other things to talk about too uh, while we enjoy this coffee that he's brewed for us because it's really really good coffee on our last show we started this thing called the crazy shift and that's shift with an F if you're paying attention <laughs> and if you are thanks <laughs> it's where we complain about things yeah <laughs> Is that what it is? is that, I hope it doesn't turn in, but it's things that drive us crazy and we're trying to figure out uh, if we can uh, solve the problem or at least have an idea to make things better because- Oh, we so, have to solve the problem? Well, I thought we could just complain. We can, <laughs> we can complain if you'd like to, but I think it would be uh, beneficial for us, for our audience, if we could come up with a solution or at least an idea to help better the craziness. How's that? Okay. Yeah. All right. So- uh, Problem solution. <laughs> and I'm going to start with me because I, I, if not, I'll forget- uh, <laughs> you know, I had this thing that I wanted to talk about on the crazy shift because it's been bothering me. Uh, and, and, uh, and I, and I wrote it down. It was so important to me. I actually it spent the time. So it bothered much. me so much that I sat down and said, I'm going to write this down so that the next time we do the show, I'm going to discuss it. And, uh, so it so happens to be that I, it's, it's gone. I've lost it. I don't remember what I wrote down. I can't find the note. That I must even, have been really <laughs> annoying, whatever it was. <laughs> it was terrible. It, it's one of those things that drive you crazy. But so now this brings me to another thing that drives me crazy, memory. What is it with us nowadays that we can't remember 
a lot of stuff. It just is it just we are bombarded with information and we're trying to remember everything that we just only have so much RAM that we can't remember it? Or is uh, it just I think it's a combination of more stuff plus more stress because your brain doesn't work well under stress. Plus your brain is slowly degrading. I mean you hit your peak how what? many years ago? <laughs> no, wait a second. Now you're just on the way down. No, 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 no. <laughs> Thanks, Miles. So it's the triple thread no. here, really. <laughs> Oh, that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> no, but it's it is frustrating. Doesn't it ever happen to you? You have stuff. Uh, no, and I, wait a second. I don't even Look, need to ask that it, question. You remember? You don't remember anything I tell you. <laughs> Here's the thing. You're gonna find that piece of paper. Yeah. And it's gonna say, "I forget things a lot." <laughs> you think so? It's gonna be a great poetic ending. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can feel good that whatever it was that bothered you yeah. so much. Yes. You probably didn't bother you that much. Well, it did at the time. <laughs> But you're right. It probably isn't as important as I thought it was at the moment. But but this does bother me. The fact that I can't remember things. Uh, yeah, and and, and I tough. work hard at it. Uh, you know, I'll write things down on purpose. And usually I remember where the notes are. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you should have a bigger pad. Oh. Like instead of this, what did you write on? Like a Well, no, note? I actually wrote myself an email, but I can't find the email. <laughs> You wrote yourself an email wrote, and, and you I can't, can't find, find the, the email. email. It's, that's wow. a sad, sad you state of affairs. Are, that's even sadder <laughs> than the paper. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's bad news. <laughs> you are old. No, no. <laughs> you wrote an email and sent it to yourself and now it's gone. <laughs> Yeah, okay, rub it in. Oh, uh, man. This is not what I'm trying to do with this crazy Dear shit. I'm trying Jason, to solve problems. You know what really bothers me? <laughs> Parentheses, you. Something happened today. <laughs> Send. Oh. You know, you can just search Gmail for like, it just type in me. Yeah. Enter. I, I didn't think of that. <laughs> no, I did do that. And it still didn't come up. So I'm thinking that. Did you go to your sent folder? I may have, I did, I, I may have deleted it by accident. I think that's what happened. Oh, I love how your inbox recognized your stupid messages to yourself <laughs> and put it as spam. It's probably in your spam folder. It's like oh, another one of these from yourself. <laughs> You get these all the time. Is this you complaining about stuff? It's so smart that it's you. It just knows that it's not a good email. That's right. Auto spam. That's right. Oh, this guy again. Yes. So there you go. All he does is complain. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. Check your, dude, you should check your spam folder. I should check my spam folder. So uh, really, there's nothing we can do about memory, right? It's just something that we deal with. Do you believe in any of that uh, vitamin stuff, the ginkgo or anything like that? that I help? feel like it maybe it just makes you more alert. Yeah. Like same with coffee, right? Like in the morning, you're kind of a mess because oh. you can't, it's like, oh, I got to take this out the door. And then you're, you know, your brain's just not working at full speed you know, ramping your brain up a little bit that's so that a, you're that, like, oh yeah, no, I need this and I need this. And That's brilliant, Miles. I think you've nailed it. Oh, we need oh, to drink more coffee. coffee. <laughs> 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 or think, sooner. Uh, yeah, well, that too. Uh, but then maybe that's what it is. I wonder, I, and we should research this. We'll have our research department look into it. Whether it makes you smarter. Whether did, No, not, not, sm no not smarter. Uh, whether it makes you uh, um, retain memory, retain uh, information. Well, if, if we are too coffee addicted dads yes. and you're writing emails to yourself and losing them. It's <laughs> not a good advertisement for coffee's <laughs> memory powers there. Good point. Good point. All right. Well, so this is a, a to be continued. But you go, you look it up. I'm going to look it up. We'll, we'll figure it out. What about you, Miles? Is anything uh, driving you crazy lately? So it's a rainy season. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's raining outside. <laughs> yes, it is. It's nice. It's finally raining in LA. We need the rain. 
when 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 it's time for the rain to come, usually you have like a few days advance notice, right? Like a couple days in the future, it'll say 100% oh, chance of rain. And, and everybody goes into, you know, red alert. Yeah. <laughs> because then LA, it never rains. And so we have to prepare everything. Oh, we got to put this here. Is this going to be canceled? Is that going to be canceled? <laughs> yeah. Do I still have to go to work? <laughs> Studios shut down. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the truth. Everywhere else is dealing with like a blizzard with five feet of snow. And we have a little bit of water coming out of the sky. (laughs) And it is just the apocalypse here. It is worse situation here than it is in other places in this country that are getting destroyed by weather. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff uh, in my house, at least you don't prepare for. Uh You're going to, you're going to be fine. You're going to find yourself outside in the rain dealing with this stuff. Like, you know, turn the sump pump on, make sure it works. Right. Of course. Roof leaks right over my desk. It does really. It does. Got to prepare for that. Okay. Well, what? <laughs> wow. Got to clean the gutters. Uh huh. Yeah. I, with a dog now, there's new stuff. Oh. Uh, you have to clean up all the dog poop. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yes. That is <laughs> the stuff that drives you crazy. Oh, uh, it does drive me crazy. <laughs> I've learned. Why is that, Miles? Well, I don't want to get too descriptive, but just say it's yeah, like we're if back you, at poop again. If you're, <laughs> like when your kids go to school and leave like a bowl of kicks out that they didn't eat the milk <laughs> and you forget about it and yeah. you come back five hours later. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen kicks in a bowl of milk after five hours. No, I don't think I have. Check it out. <laughs> kicks are an amazing substance. Oh, well, well when you say they're it that very, way, it doesn't sound very They're appetizing. very tenacious. Yeah. You know, they're, they're made of some, I'm not sure they're completely made out of grains and everything that they say. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Very sticky. Uh-huh. They have some very, uh, I think you could build a house out of those things. <laughs> oh, that's good eating. A mud hut. <laughs> so you have but to the pick dog, up the stuff. Yeah. Well, but now the dog, you know, the dog doesn't really like the rain. Ah. And the dog hasn't seen, the dog's like a year old, hasn't really seen the rain since oh, right. we got it. Yeah. And now it's house trained. So it goes outside to, to use, to pee and poop. Right. Uh, and doesn't really want to be outside. So now I'm all worried. It sticks his head outside and it's like, "Eh, maybe I'll just hold it. Yeah. It's like like when you go into a nasty bathroom somewhere and you're like, ah, I think I'll just wait. (laughs) I'll wait till I go home. Yeah. She's trying to wait the storm out, I think. Oh. So this morning she peed like on the edge of the porch, like right at the very edge of where you could kind of get away with, you know, not getting too wet. Uh Uh-huh. So later I took her outside. I was holding her, um, I brought an umbrella outside. Oh, how sweet of you. I, I gotta say, I'm feeling a bit like, you know, she's royalty. You bring a dog outside and you <laughs> squat there with an umbrella and uh-huh. while they, while they, you try and get them to use the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's humbling. Yeah. <laughs> also hasn't worked yet. No. So, uh, so she will not uh, go, even if you're holding the umbrella. It's too much distraction. Yeah. Imagine I- using the bathroom <laughs> while you're getting rained on. <laughs> It's not ideal. No. And I thought dogs, you know, yeah. I, what are they going to do? They That's gotta right. figure something out. Well, I, I have the same problem. Uh, my dog. I've heard your wife told me. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Thanks. No, my dog has the same problem. Uh, she uh, refuses to go out in the rain. So she, what does she do? She looks at me. And says, uh-uh. <laughs> so do you go do the like umbrella, the dog, the I dog have, butler? I have done that. With your giant umbrella? I, I, I got her on the leash. I walked her and I had the umbrella and we walked outside and we would walk around and she was just like, yeah, I'm not pooping or peeing in this. <laughs> so would she wait out the storm? She would wait out the storm. Yeah. Yep, that's where we're at now. Are you sure she would wait out the Well, storm? I'm pretty sure because my dog is a great day. <laughs> <Yeah>, t- <laughs> and there's no hiding what she does when she goes to the bathroom. <laughs> 
<laughs> so she waited it out. Oh yeah, she'll wait. What it if out. it's like a three, four day storm? Uh, well, I we haven't experienced that. Luckily, we don't live yeah. in Florida. Uh, but I'll tell you, she will hold it in uh, all day if she has to. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. This is gonna be interesting. Well, I, I think we're getting some breaks in the rain. Yeah. Actually, there's a break now. Yeah. I, maybe you should go let the dog out. <laughs> no, I did, and so she's good. But um, that does drive me crazy because I get nervous as well. Yeah. But, but as far as you're concerned, I can see why that would drive you crazy. The solution, obviously, is is you know I don't know what the solution. <laughs> I haven't figured it out. What is the solution to that? Patience. Oh. Bigger umbrella. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> a bigger umbrella. We're going to need a bigger umbrella. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger umbrella. <laughs> well, I hope you can solve your dog problem, Miles. Maybe what you should do is go on YouTube and see if you can find an answer. I That's hear that there are idea. answers what? on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you, uh, weren't you looking for an answer on your washing machine for, for your I was, dog? washing machine's broken. Yeah, uh -huh. I was looking for a solution. Yeah. I will try that when I go home. I think you YouTube should. for dogs that won't use the bathroom in the rain. I bet you there's an answer. Oh, let's go, I'll, okay. I'll look. Okay. <laughs> next, <laughs> next episode. You'll fill us I'll in. I'll let you know. All right, cool. So this is fun, Miles. I, I'm glad we got to talk about the crazy shift and uh, it's always nice to discuss your, your issues with people. <laughs> Hammer them out. To complain. To complain a little bit. It feels good. Uh, and in the meantime, we get to enjoy this coffee that Nolan brewed for us. It's fantastic. Uh, and for those of you who are interested in uh, Unity Sourcing and Roasting, you can look them up on the website at unity.coffee. Uh, so it's not unitycoffee.com. It's unity.coffee. Very clever. Maybe we should do something like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, the coffee I domain. I didn't know you can have a coffee domain. That's genius. Uh, so unity.coffee, uh, great roasters. We can't recommend them enough, uh, not only for the great coffee that they uh, roast, but for everything that they're doing to make coffee better in every aspect. Uh, so thanks again to Nolan for brewing this coffee for us and, and giving us all that great information. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, take a second to subscribe. It's easy to do and doesn't cost a thing. And if you really like our show, tell your friends to listen. All these things help us continue to make our show and we really appreciate it. And Miles, is there anything else anyone can do to help our show be better? Just send checks. <laughs> do you have a Venmo? <laughs> That's we a good can idea. buy our way into a good show. <laughs> That's all like that. Yeah, send send us checks or Venmo. We'll take Ven or PayPal if you're in. Don't PayPal. send them to Jason. You'll lose them. <laughs> no way. Uh, but I guess if you don't want to do that, uh, if you have an idea for our show or a topic or a guest we should have on, you can send us that too. Just hit us up at coffeecafepodcast.com. There you'll also find links to our socials and email too. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks again to Nolan Pearson for being on the show and everyone at Unity Sourcing and Roasting for the amazing approach to coffee. You're saving the world and we really appreciate it. And thanks to all of you for listening. And until next week, enjoy the brew. See you, Miles. Later, Jason.